good morning, everyone. So, uh, I could not do a day on excellence without referring to Bill and Ted, excellent adventure. So be excellent to one another. So now we got that out of the way, uh, we can move forward. Uh, now, speaking on excellence is a lot more nerve-wracking than speaking on grace. You see, I can mess up all day on grace. In fact, uh, last week, you know, I had my illustration that didn't work. Well, it didn't work all day. And uh, it's like, it's cool because we were talking about grace and it all worked out. And then Trace and I decided that the illustration had merit. And uh, so should we should video it in, in controlled circumstance. So uh, Tuesday, we uh, set everything back up and uh, did it a couple of times, and it just wasn't working right. And then like the fifth time, I was sitting there, and I was blowing the balloon, and, it, and the vase slipped out and flew right over to Kevin, where Kevin's sitting, and just burst like glass everywhere. That was it. <laughs> so uh, today, kind of staying away from illustrations that, that may or may not work, and uh, trying to try to do this with as much excellence as I can possibly muster. So uh, we've been in a series, Pathways, uh, become, uh, Pathways to Becoming a Fully Devoted Follower of Christ, and we're talking about the uniqueness of the church and the uniqueness of our church. And at the beginning of this series, we introduced a new image uh, to you guys, and I want to quickly just uh, review that because it's central uh, to what we've been talking about. At the center of that image, we see an arrow um, pointing upward with three uh, paths coming into that arrow, and that reminds us of what we are told by Jesus uh, in Matthew 28, what we are called to do, and that is to make, mature, and mobilize fully devoted followers of Christ. And what is a fully devoted follower of Christ? Well, here at E3, we believe that's found in the great commandment, and that's the inner circle, and that's to love God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and equally as important, loving others as yourself. And then on the outer ring is really the unique characteristics of our church, the DNA sequence of who we are, and there's seven of those. And there's seven breaks in the circle to remind us that there are seven. And that's what we call I-charge. And uh, that's what we've been going over the past seven weeks. The first week was I-intentional. Then there was culturally current. Then there was hospitality, authenticity, relational. Last week was grace. And this week, we are talking about excellence. Now, Excellence is, a, is an interesting thing, and, and many people have different ideas about excellence. And I wanted to start out by talking about what excellence is not. Excellence is not, number one, perfectionism. Excellence is not perfectionism, is not perfect. That a lot of times we think, oh, 
for something to be excellent, it has to be bulletproof that there can be no flaws whatsoever. But nothing could be farther from the truth. If you look at a, uh, at a masterpiece of art, there's, there's tons of flaws. In fact, if it was recreated with the technology that we have today to take all of the, of the imperfections out of that masterpiece, it would be just a cheap imitation. That, that master, masterpieces are excellent because it was the best and it tu- uh, that artists could do, and it touches a certain part in our soul that, that just mechanical or manufactured things just cannot do. Before we launched the church, or right around when we launched the church, I remember sitting with with someone who's no longer in our community, and we were sitting at one of uh, these tables uh, that we have in front of our, our our corporate gathering area here, and we were kind of having a mm, passionate conversation about excellence, and uh, at one moment, uh, point of the conversation, um, the person I was having this passionate conversation with kind of jerked the table and, and said, well, you say that you want a place of excellence. Well, what about these tables? They're not excellent. And I looked at it, him and at the table, and I said, well, I, I really would have to disagree with you about that because, you know what? Excellence is not perfection. He's like, you're right. These aren't perfect. They're they're wobbly. That they're cut out of plywood, and they they have you know little sticks as as legs, and and they all look differently, you know. And and I said, you know what? They're excellent because you know what? Artisans and carpenters in our community, w- with the resources that they were entrusted with, went and they cut the wood, and they took the time to put these tables together. And then once they are put together, the artists in our community said, those are ugly. Let me let, can we paint them? And we said, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, and, and, you know, these tables, even though since then we, we have the resources to go and, and buy manufactured tables, like you guys over there sitting at the, those tables, which, you know, they're functional, but, but, they don't hold, you know, the special place, at least in my heart, that, that these tables have because these tables have the fingerprint and the, and, the, and the sweat and the time of people who have made our community what it is. And that is excellent. And even though they may not be perfect, I would fight you tooth and nail before you threw these out and put in perfectly manufactured tables. What excellence also is not is common. C-O-M-M-O-N, right? I know that because I didn't do it with excellence the previous gathering. Uh, uh, But I was just making sure so we're all on the same. You know, Commonness, you know, it's just something that's like that you don't notice that just just kind of is is there. That is not excellence. And what else is not excellence is this. 
expected. If something is expected, it is not excellent. If it's common and if it's expected, it is not excellent. If you go to a, a restaurant or you go to a coffee bar and you pay your money and you receive your half-calf, double giraffe kind of drink or whatever that you're, you're getting and you give your money and they give and you walk out and that was it, that was common and, and that was what was expected, but it was not excellent. You see... The unexpected is what is excellent. So what is excellence? Excellence really, to me, is a gift. Excellence to me is when you go and get your half-calf giraffe and, and when it is handed to you, you are given it you were given a great big smile that you didn't pay for it's a gift that is a gift that somebody wants to take the time to show you their teeth and and to make you feel welcome and and that they actually care about you you know excellence is when you take that that drink and you look down and and you see that the barista actually made a little giraffe in the in the foam you know, this, this, you know, this beautiful kind of piece of art that, that they didn't have to do. It was a gift. It's not common. It was unexpected. It was something that, 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 that they just did, not because they are paid to do it, but because you are special and they wanted your day to be better. You know, excellence is taking, you know, your, your, your drink after you get your smile and you're looking at the giraffe and you don't even want to drink it because it's so beautiful and, and you got something else in your hand and, and, you know, maybe you have your kids, you know, your feet or something like that and, and somebody else who maybe doesn't even work for the place that you're at will, will open up the door and, and ask if they can help you. Not common, unexpected. It is a gift. The dictionary says that excellence is this, an outstanding feature, something in which something or someone excels. This whole idea of excelling at something. Something so amazing, so so beautiful that that is beyond what what you expected beyond what you paid for it is this gift which is excellence paul talks about this gift of excellence when he's talk uh writing a letter to the corinthian church it's actually a second letter and and in chapter eight he's talking about this he he writes them and says look since you excel in so many ways in your, in your faith, does you also excel in your, your gifted speakers? Does 
he goes on and he says, and you also are excel in your enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. And your love from us. Now he's talking about these different things. So he says, since you excel in so many ways in your faith, in your gifted speakers, in your knowledge, in your enthusiasm. I forgot knowledge, didn't I? In your knowledge. In your enthusiasm, in your love from us. I want you to excel in the gracious act of giving. This is kind of interesting. You know how we kind of have our acronym, like our thing that's the DNA. And uh, the DNA of our church and its I charge, intentional, culturally current, hospitality and everything. I was thinking about this is the DNA of the, the church in Corinth. That, that this is their I charge. But it, you know, so I started playing around this week and I'm like, okay, what can you... What can you spell with with these five different words, you know, faith, speakers, enthusiasm, love, knowledge? And I was like playing around, and you know what it comes up with? I came up with K-self. K-self. And and it's almost like Paul is sitting here, and he's like, instead of talking to us, if he wrote us a letter, you know, like, I charge to being a, you know, a fully devoted follower of Christ. He's like, okay, look, you know, you have your faith, you know, your, your, your faith in God, and that's kind of a personal thing, and your speakers, you know, isn't it great that you get to come, and you get to hear great speakers, or your enthusiasm, you know, and, and, you know, that's kind of enthusiasm about being together, right? It's like, cool, it's like fun to be together, and all this kind of stuff, and then love, from us. Isn't that funny that they receive love from us? I don't know why this is a characteristic that they accept love, but they do and their knowledge. Oh, you were laughing because I solely spelt knowledge wrong, but that's okay. Uh, is it? Yeah, that's okay. Remember last week, grace flowing over into this, into this week. So it's almost like, you know, the acronym K-Self is like, K, okay, you guys got yourself taken care of. This is now what I want you to excel in. I want you to excel in excellence. I want you to excel in the act of giving. And the very nature of giving is something that cannot be coerced. Because if you coerce someone into, into giving, it is not a gift. It's under compulsion. One of the biggest questions that, that I get about this place is, Mark, why don't you guys take an offering? It's like, you can't take an offering. As soon as you take an offering then it's no longer an offering. And that's why we give the opportunity for people to give financially. But we don't take an offering here. We're intentional about what we are doing. So he's saying, look, I want you to excel in the gracious act of giving. And, you look at it, and then the next thing he says in verse 8, I love this. I'm not commanding you to do this because you can't command it. 
but I am testing how genuine your love is by comparing it to the eagerness of other churches. I'm not commanding you to do it. But other churches like the church in Macedonia, which he's referring to, they're very generous. One of their things, one of their values of this church is generosity. And I know you guys are the whole K-Self people. But maybe we should put the G in there of generosity somewhere. You know, I want to encourage you, not commanding, but I want to encourage you to do it. And I love the next part. <laughs> this is like the G for guilt. <laughs> oh, well, listen to what he says next. You know, like the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, for your sake he became poor. So that by his poverty, he could make you rich. All right, Paul. You know, we get it. We get what you're trying to get at here. He's saying, all right, look. Basically, the context is what is going on here is this. The year is 40, 40 A.D., right? And... And there's a terrible famine in Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is just, just barren and people are starving. But you know what? In Corinth, dude, they're having great times. Like they're having an abundance of harvest that they got plenty of food and wine and water and, and all this kind of stuff. And it's rocking. And so a year earlier, Paul writes them a letter and says, hey, things are going great for you guys, but in Jerusalem, they're really hard up. They're starving. And they were like, yeah, we want to help. We want to help in Jerusalem, and we're eager about this, and we want to get it all done. So the year goes by, but they didn't get it done. So this is where he goes. He says, look, here's my advice to you. And not only is this his advice to them, I think it's his, his advice to us. If we want to be excellent, if we want to be gift givers, if we want to go beyond what is common, beyond what is expected, the first thing that we need to do is finish what we have started finish what we have started. I tell people all the time, never start something that you don't think you can finish. Like, especially, like, the clearest example of this for me is fad diets. You know, you start this fad diet as, you know, tofu and Brussels sprouts, and you're like, okay, I'm going to lose all of this weight. It's like, how long are you going to be able to eat tofu and Brussels sprouts? Like, really, can you foreseeably see that happening for the rest of your life? No more pumpkin pie with chocolate chips in it. No, you get tofu with Brussels sprouts in it. Like, I couldn't do it for the rest of my life, and nor could you. So the, this whole idea of, you know what, if we want to be excellent, if we want to be gift givers, if we want to be generous, well, let's, let's finish 
what we start and not engage in anything that, that we really do not believe at our core that we are going to be able to finish. The next thing he says is, look, eagerness. You know, you're eager at the beginning. You know, we all get involved, or not all of us, but a lot of us have gotten involved in fad diets and crash diets and all this kind of stuff because we're eager. You know, we want to be slim and beautiful and and all these kinds of things. But, you know, after, like, say, the first meal of Brussels sprouts and, and, and tofu, we're not so eager anymore, are we? It sounds like a good idea. Yeah, I can do that. No, you can't. And we, we, we start out, and we're not nearly as, as eager. And he says, look, let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. This gift. You know, it wasn't expected that they gave to Jerusalem. It definitely wouldn't be the common thing to do. They wanted them to excel, to be excellent in their giving, and to be engaged in something for the long haul. And then, finally, he says this, in order to be excellent, to give in proportion to what you have. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? You want to be excellent? Then do it in the proportion of what you have. To do it within the resources that God has entrusted to you. The reason that these tables are excellent is because they came in under budget. (sighs) One of the many reasons why they're excellent. But you know what? We have in our creativity that God has entrusted us with and with the time and the effort when we did not have the monetary resources, that excellence came because we were able to give, people in our community were able to give in proportion to what they had been entrusted to. Artisans and carpenters were entrusted with skill to be able to cut semicircles with you're sitting at one of the tables you get it without cutting off one of their fingers the artists you know came and and with the paint were able to create something of beauty in proportion of what they had been entrusted with in verse 12 whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly and give according to what you have, not what you do not have. This is such an important principle in excellence. You know, so many times in, in a church, you would not believe how many ministries there are out there. And this kind of goes back to the idea of being intentional and, and excellence kind of work hand in hand. And how we talk about you can spend your whole life doing good things. By, by doing the good things, you can miss the best thing. And that's what Christ has called you to do. My mailbox is filled every single day of every single week with different ideas for ministry, different ways to outreach and do all of these kind of things. They're all good things. 
But you know what? It would be irresponsible to get involved with all of these things because why? We could not do them with excellence, that it would not be a gift. It would, we would do it in a way that was common and expected. And unfortunately, in Christendom, what is expected is something lousy. And God has called us and entrusted us to so much more. He has called us to be gifts to the world. And, he's, and the idea here is, you know what? Our gift may be a smile. If that's what's been entrusted to you. Or it may be something completely different. It may be making a table. It may be painting. It may be going to Guatemala and building or doing a medical clinic. I do not know what it is for you. But God is not calling you to give out of what you do not have. He is calling you to be excellent with what he has entrusted to you. Verse 13, of course I don't mean your giving should make for others and hard for yourself. In my growth group up in Thomasville, um, somebody in our growth group uh, said, sometimes I feel like I should just sell everything and live in a mud hut. Well, that's not, I mean, God might be calling you to do that, but that's not everybody's calling. That God is not saying, look, you should give everything away to make life easy for others and hard on yourself. I only mean that there should be some equality. Remember, in the context of this, Jerusalem, famine, starving. Corinth, lots of food, lots of water, lots of wine. Things are rolling. It says, right now you have plenty and can help those who are in need. Later... They will have plenty and can share with you when you are in need. In this way, things will be equal. As the scripture say, and I love this two lines. Those who gather a lot had nothing left over. And those who gather only a little had enough. Appetite. Appetite's a funny thing. It doesn't matter how much tofu and Brussels sprouts you eat. At some point, you will want something else. But it does not matter how much chocolate chip pumpkin pie you eat. At some point, you will want another slice. It doesn't matter how much food you eat at some point you will want more it does not matter how what kind of car you drive you can get your dream car at some point it is going to resemble the red truck on Sanford and Son one of my favorite quotes of all time about appetite is this a reporter asked Rockefeller one of the richest men in, in the world in the industrial age Mr. Rockefeller, Mr. Rockefeller, how much money do you need? And this, his answer is very telling about appetite. He responded, just a little bit more. 
those who gathered a lot had nothing left over. We are consumers. We can consume and consume and consume and there will be nothing left over because we can never, ever, 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 infinity become fully satisfied no matter what Snickers says. But those who only gathered a little had enough. How could that be? Because those who gathered a little realized the secret. That their appetite was never going to be fulfilled. And if they lived a life that was aware of their surroundings and realized that they were never going to, to fully satisfy themselves, that the, the whole paradigm, the whole question changed from how can I get a little bit more to you know what? How do I get what I need? And then how do I become a gift to others? And this is what Paul is trying to get at right here. He's like, look, finish what you started. Be eager. Give in proportion of, of what you have to actively look to be the conduit of God's love and mercy to this lost and hurting world. You excel in so many different ways, but I want you to be a gift to others. Now, I just want to kind of tag on a little addendum because I think it's so important for us who are followers of Christ. And Pastor Eric kind of touched on it a little bit. It's found in 1 Corinthians in chapter 10, verse 31. It says this, So, whatever you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you do is an act of worship to bring glory to God. That means if you're a businessman, if you're a, um, a nurse, if you're a student, if, if you have the blessing of being a stay-at-home mom or dad, if, if you're a pastor... If you're a consultant, whatever you do, you are not working for people. You are existing in a time and place to point people to who you serve and who is your Savior, to bring Him glory, to be a gift. To giving in proportion of what you have. And that might be a smile. That might be a little drawing a little giraffe on the top of a drink. That might be opening the door for someone who is struggling. That might be giving money to, to uh, something that you're passionate about. That might be making tables or painting or serving or doing something or working in E3 Kids. I can't tell you what it is for you. But what I can tell you is this. Excellence is a gift to others and that we are to be generous. In Numbers verse 18, and excuse me, chapter 18, verse 29, 
we're told to be sure to set aside the best portion of the gifts given to you as the gifts to the Lord. This whole idea that being ambassadors of Jesus Christ and bringing our best mind time, our best thinking, our best creativity, everything that we have been entrusted with, no, we're not going to go live in a mud hut. We're not going to suffer and make our lives hard so somebody else can leave, live easy. But you know what it does mean? It says, you know what, when we look at God and say, thank you for being the conduit of everything that I own. Everything is good from you, Lord. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my home. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my mind. Thank you for this next breath. And you know what? As an act of worship to you, as an act of worship to you, I am going to give you back the best part of my mind, my thinking, my time, and all of these things. Why? So that the community that you've been placed in, that when we all do this together, that it multiplies our efforts to be able to do things that we could never do alone. And as we collectively give gifts, we go beyond the common, we go beyond the expected. And the thing about a gift is you do not expect anything in return. That's called bartering or trading. A gift is a free gift. As we go out and do this, that is contagious. And God says that we are to, to be men and women that, that live appealing lives. How appealing is being stingy? How appealing is being around people who never smile and just do the bare minimum and who live common lives and live expected lives? You know what's expected? What is expected is you get up tomorrow, you put in your eight hours, you put away your 401k, you retire, you live off that retirement, and you die. That is not an excellent life. God is calling you to so much more. Have an extraordinary life. And that means that we have to be excellent, that we have to be generous, that we have to be gifts. We have to be the gift that we were created to be. From smiles to opening doors to serving in Guatemala, whatever it is for you, be aware and be a gift. You guys pray with me? Dear Lord, I just pray that we can live excellent lives. Lives that go beyond the common, go beyond the expected. That transcends into a place where you rule. A place of love and generosity. A place 
where anything is possible and everything is unexpected. Even you coming down from heaven and sending your very best, your son, as a gift to this world so we would have the opportunity to be reunited with you. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.